Hey, everybody, welcome to another episode of Cash That. This is your host, Joe Delera. I am here for the NBA Summer League special. So I had to get our good friend, Brandon Anderson, out of his kayak to talk here <laughs> and just chat some NBA. Brandon, how you doing? I've heard that you are quite sore after your 4th of July. <laughs> Uh, I'm doing very well and I'm doing very sore. I had a, a four day trip to Kentucky to kick off my summer vacation from NBA and NFL. I, I got to go. My idea of a getaway, nice, quiet getaway is spending uh, a weekend holiday weekend in a house with two families, 11 kids anywhere, I think age five to 18. And uh, I basically turned into fun uncle, Mr. Brandon. So I'm like hanging out, playing games all hours of the day till midnight and beyond basketball, lightning. They sprung a seven mile surprise kayaking on me that I had no idea was coming. Joe, I never kayaked in my life before. So I'm like, oh, I'll just sit in the middle and let everyone else do the work. No, no, kayak just won. So I'm just paddling myself down seven miles of river, I guess with no real instruction. You just show up and they're like, here's your life jacket. Here's a paddle. Here's, here's your boat. Off you go. So my friends helped me out a little bit, but now I had a blast. I am exhausted. I can like barely lift my arms. And I, I, I listed off my list of injuries to you before the podcast. The short version is called, I just turned 40 a week ago. That's the short version. Yeah. Just everything, <laughs> everything starts to hurt at a certain point. Yeah. No, but I, I had an absolute blast. It was great to, to be with them. Two of my absolute favorite families in the whole world, just to hang out and, and have a lot of fun and get off the grid, get away from NBA a little bit, but summer league is beckoning. I had to answer the call of the siren. Hey man, look, summer league is always fun. I think that uh, it's one of those, it's like relatively low stakes. Nobody, like it, you win your summer league title, like nobody cares. Like it's kind of fun, but like <laughs> nobody cares. Um, but it's, it's more fun because it's like our first real look at some of these younger prospects or, you know, to see if any of these other team, other players on, you know, teams that missed the playoffs, you know, we haven't seen them play in months now because of the way the NBA playoffs is, it's so long. So I think it's, it's pretty exciting, especially with some of these teams that you normally are like, Oh, this team's like not good, but maybe they have like a bright future. So Definitely excited. Um, I think one of the things that people forget, too, is like there's multiple summer leagues, but the main one is obviously the Vegas Summer League, and that starts on July 7th. So this podcast will release sometime like Wednesday evening, July 5th. So you'll have a couple of days before then you can get some of these bets in early. Um, I wanted to touch on a couple of things. Obviously, we're going to get to see, you know, Victor Wembanyama play. I'm very excited to watch him play, but and he's not going to be playing until Vegas. What do you think? What do you think about Victor or like any of these other top picks in the draft? Is is there anybody that you're most excited to come watch play? Yeah, I mean, obviously you got to see Victor. He, he's number one on the list. Everyone's going to be watching for him. I believe the opening game is Friday night against Brandon Miller. They always schedule it accordingly, so you get to see that. And then I think Sunday game two is against Scoot. So without a doubt, that's like he'll play in those two games, barring injury in between, because the NBA badly, badly wants the, the television yeah. eyes and the money uh, that will come from those games. And look, we're, we're going to want to watch. Like, I want to watch those games. We saw Wemby play Scoot in the G League uh, showcase thing that they did in the fall. And Wemby against Miller will be fun. I honestly, I don't think we're going to see a ton of him. Like, I wouldn't be shocked if we just no. got just those two games. Like, just give him a little showcase. He just played a whole season. Like, they're not he's hiding killing. him. <laughs> like, he's he literally finished his season like multi, like several days before the draft in the French League Finals. So he like, you know, some of these other guys, non rookies, some of the sophomores and others, like Christian Brown, is not playing summer league. The dude just yeah. finished the finals run a few weeks ago. So women, you know, I'm going to see a lot, but I think just the buzz factor. The guys that I can't wait to see just from a scouting perspective is the Thompson twins. Oh, we yeah. just have, we've never seen them play like real basketball yet. Right. Like yeah. we, I mean, look, I, I did to, all the work on the draft stuff, but I, I, I like, we watch a lot of overtime elite games. And when we did, they're playing like 16 and 17 year olds. So this is the first even remotely NBA setting we get to see them. And it should be a pretty friendly setting for them because it's kind of pickup ball, right? Like it's just transition yep. and running and we'll talk about it, but uh, um, Amen and Asar, like they're the sort of guys, just freak athletes, just getting out and running. That's who excels in this format. Like you, you do not want to be looking for 
your like star, like like Jairus Walker, who is going to be like your three and D power forward, do all the little things that help you win. Like yeah, that's great, and like we'll get to Indiana too. I like him. I'm very high on him. He's not going to star in summer league. You want to see the guys with the ball that get out and run. Yeah, I think that's a great point that you're making there. And before we kind of touch on, you know, some of the player awards and like what we're gonna, what we're expecting from these teams and these players, like on an individual basis, I wanted to bring it back to when you're betting on summer league, like if you do anyway, because I know it's kind of it's <laughs> tough. Like it's like, do I want to just bet like a couple long shots on like the player awards, or do I want to try to bet it day to day? Generally, like I pulled some numbers and it's been super favorable or it's like it's a trend right but it's betting underdogs of plus 200 or more and i found that to be very successful in both summer league i found it to be successful in preseason and i think a lot of that has to do with the fact that these teams don't really care about winning like sure like the players individually want to win but like they actually they don't even really want to win they just want to look good because they're really trying to just get roster spots so like they're not necessarily playing winning basketball and i think that leads to a lot of variance um and then if you're getting 2 to 1 I think that you're getting that you're getting the best of the numbers. So they actually don't really open a lot of them kind of have to be on it earlier in the day. Is there anything that do you have any thoughts about, you know, just betting underdogs or betting summer league in general uh, with that kind of idea? Yeah, I don't do a lot of game to game, but if I do, it's usually just some of these money line underdog long shots. You know, we love the long shots and yeah, I think you nailed it. Like just you're playing variants. It's not even like, look, the players are competitive. You're playing ball. You're going to like try to look good. You're going to try to, to win, but like, the coaches and teams don't even care if they win. That's the more key thing to me. Yeah. Like that if you get like down to the final four and, and toward the end of the tournament, okay, now you want to win. Cause now you're near the end and everything, but even then, like you're probably not playing your, your star rookie anymore. Cause they've already looked so good to get you to that point that you're like, all right, put them in bubble wrap. We're good to go. But like your guys at that point are playing to win. The, the summer league is about developing like the teams that the organizations that do it well, you think of who are the well-run organizations you think of heat culture, you think of the Spurs, you think of the thunder teams like that, you know, Europe to year, if you watch the summer league, those teams aren't necessarily going to win. They're going to use summer league to be like, okay, you know, guy who normally plays center, you're running point for us in the summer league. And we want to see how can you handle or guy who doesn't have a shot. You're taking 10, three pointers a game for us. We want to get you those reps. Like th this is about reps and development and, you know, getting some actual kind of real game time against other NBA opposition in, in some developmental places. And if you're going to do that, you're not only going to not care about winning, you're going to like sabotage your own chances of winning at some times. So I think that all plays into it. I like to myself, I just do some of the future stuff. I like to take a few long shots on possible teams and, and MVP awards, and then just kind of go along for the ride. Do I used to, uh, I believe last year, the first time I didn't do this in like a decade, I used to, and I do not use hyperbole here, watch literally every single summer league game. It's a lot. I would, I would tape them all. I'd watch them I could live and then I'd watch the rest. And I would write something like an 80,000 word summer league manifesto. And again, not hyperbole that no. I don't know. I, I don't even know who's reading that. There's like 10 people that maybe read this thing. It's one of those where it's like, Here's thoughts that I've seen on every player, every team. Here's all the developmental stuff that's out there. And then you just like skim and look for the four guys you care about or look at yeah. your team or that sort of thing. Yeah. So the developmental stuff, that's the key to this whole thing. But because of that, because this is like playground basketball, these players are just meeting each other, coaches, it's, it's developmental coaches too. Like these aren't the real coaches most of the time, though Nick Nurse apparently is coaching, hey. coaching Philly right now in uh, – with Utah, Salt Lake, yeah, Sacramento, Salt Lake. wherever he's gotta that's get used at. to it, man. He's got to get used to that Philly. Got to get used to his new staff. So I mean, there is you can pay attention to this stuff. Like you can pay attention to like if 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 Nick Nurse is coaching Philly, I'm gonna give that a little stock to like I bet that they actually want to win. Like they want to establish some winning yeah. culture and set some tone there. So you can pay attention to some edges here in ways that you're not going to get on just like an NBA game in February. Yeah. I think one of the big things too, right. Is when you're watching some of these teams, like 
the good teams normally don't play great in summer league, right? Like they're not, they're not necessarily as good just because the guys that are playing, like they're really not rosterable players for the most part. But then other times, like you'll get teams like last year with the Knicks, right? Like the Knicks are good enough. And, but they, they were just deep, like forever. Like they just had a mass, like a ton of yeah. players on the bench. And they were like a lot of guys trying to figure out where they were going to fall in the rotation. So like those guys got minutes. One of the teams that I think is really fascinating in that regard, or there's two really, it's the Oklahoma city thunder are fascinating. They have like 30 people on the roster. Like I'm not it's even such kidding. Such a fun roster. It's ridiculous. <laughs> and then even, you know, even when I'm looking at like the Indiana Pacers or the Memphis Grizzlies, you have some teams that like they have players where you're like, that guy should probably get some minutes here. But like, how is this going to shake out, you know, long term? So I think those are teams sometimes that you can get a little bit more value on as opposed to, you know, with like the Spurs, for example, people are like, oh, like Victor, Victor, Victor. But like you said before, those guys aren't necessarily going to play. And then after Victor, it's like, oh, man, this is gross. This is ugly. <laughs> like, so. Yeah. After Victor is the roster that got them the number one pick. Exactly. It's, <laughs> that's it's that's not why good. they have him now. <laughs> yeah. So I think that there's certain teams where you can say like, all right, well, this is maybe interesting or like, let's see what this guy did. So like for Memphis, for example, one player that I think is fascinating is Kenny, Kenny Lofton Jr. G League MVP guy, <laughs> like guy just, just puts up numbers and it looks like Memphis might like maybe they do need him with John Morant, like being out for a bit. And then Steven Adams has had the knee issues. So it's like maybe he's somebody that they're trying to see something different from, but like they don't need him. So maybe he will actually play the whole summer league. And then with Oklahoma City, you have to say like, all right, well, we're watching this. It's it's crazy that Jalen Williams was playing, I think. But I guess maybe they want to see a little bit of him with Chet. What do you think about Oklahoma City? They're currently the betting favorites, I think, to win the summer league. I think that's a bad bet. Uh, what about you? I I think that Oklahoma City would probably be my favorite. I think it's a bad bet. Don't bet Oklahoma City at like plus four fifty or whatever. Like you just you just can't. There's there are no favorites at summer league. If I had to just pick a team that I think is the talent to win, I think it's them. But Jalen Williams, the good one. I, I'm just I'm just gonna say it. <laughs> The Santa Clara one, the wing, that dude's a star. That guy can get to the rim anytime he wants. His footwork, his his finishing near the basket. Now, he's not long for summer league. No. He's playing because they want to give him some time with Chet. Chet Holmgren, I want to watch him. I want to see the development. We got to see him in, in game one already. I don't know how much we're going to get of him. I wouldn't be shocked to see him play a little more than you would normally think for a player of this type. Like Normally a sophomore top three pick is not going to play at all in summer league, yeah. but he missed all of last year. And I think they, this is a great chance to kind of shake off the rust, let him get some confidence back on that foot injury. He sounds confident, but there's yeah. a difference between that and playing. But like, even if you take those guys out, Jalen Williams, the not good one, I don't know how much he's going to play. He's basically their starting center right now. I think yeah, like a real a team. Yeah, so I don't know if he's there, but here, here are more guys, Jared Butler, who came from Utah, won a championship at Baylor. He's good. Trey Mann fighting for a spot. He just threw down like the nastiest dunk in the opening yeah. game the other day. Kaysen Wallace is coming for Trey Mann's job. That's their pick they just traded up for this year. Usman Jang, they traded up for multiple picks last year. He's been great, but he's kind of fighting for his job because now we got Keontae Johnson. He was a star before he had a big injury. Jamias Ramsey is a guy that I used to love. He's kind of a gunner that fits this. I couldn't believe Zaire Smith is on their roster. Dude, Philly fans throwback. Zaire Down Smith <laughs> was like top five on my board years ago. Like I, that yeah. dude was a nuclear athlete and he had the most random, most unlucky string of injury luck possible. And was like, I think he like nearly died, was yeah. totally, totally out of the league. He's back on this team. There's, there's just, there's a lot of talent. There's a lot of athleticism. Jeremiah Robinson Earl is another just like good winning guy that if he plays, he's just going to help them. They would be a team. Like I'm going to watch the team. Clearly. I like they're fun. I, yeah. I went through and I like listed off for this, you know, a few teams. Who do I like? Who do I want to watch? Some teams you want to watch for the developmental guys. I want to watch the Spurs. If Wemby's playing, if not, I'm out. I don't need to watch it, but I'm not going to bet on the Spurs. I just want to watch the Spurs. Other teams I mark is like, okay, I want to bet on this team. Like they look like a team 
if for summer league, if I'm looking who do I want to bet on for especially futures, it's not star talent, it's depth. Like you yeah. said with the Knicks, it's wow. There's a lot of guys here. So even if you pull out this player and this player, we still got like seven, eight dudes that I think can go out and win some games. To me, OKC kind of just checks all the boxes. They have the stars if if good Jalen and Chet play, but they have the depth. They have a team that I think is clearly trying to establish some winning culture and break through. They've got a lot of rosters, guys fighting for similar roster spots too, which I think brings out good competition. So yeah. I, I would have to make them the favorite if I was making my own odds for this, but I still don't think you can actually bet on the favorite for this sort of event. No, I think it's just like, you can look towards the top, right? Like, I think that that's not yeah. unreasonable because you're getting some of these teams at like 12 to one, 13 to one, 15 to one, 20 to one, even. And it like, it is at a certain degree, like it's a crapshoot because if you don't, if you lose any game, you basically can't win. So you have to kind of look at the schedule a little bit and just say like, all right, well, like if these two teams play each other here, then like this is going to like one of them might go further, but like the other bets probably dead then at that point, just the way that they do summer league, because like not every team is going to play every team. So you really have to look at this and say like, all right, well, like there's like four of the top teams that I think are good. They're playing each other. This maybe doesn't necessarily work, but I think the point that you raised about looking at teams where you're saying like, all right, like, like Trey man, for example, probably needs to play like his ass off to, yeah. to get, to make the roster. Um, but we know that he can score, like he's a bucket, right? Like he can shoot. And I think one of the things that they've been wanting from him is like to score at different levels. So like, that's something that they're looking to see. I like to target teams with strong guard play in summer league because they don't require like a shitty guard to get them the ball because like a lot of times that's what you're dealing with here. Um, and if you do have a really good guard and you're a big, I think that like that guard is probably going to shine through maybe a little bit more than you, even if you, you know, like you've been playing really well. Are there any other players? Like I know you mentioned the Thompson twins, that yeah. you think could maybe really stand out in summer league just because of the guard play. Yeah, you're, you're totally right with the guard play. Like this is not the spot to focus on big guys because somebody has to give them the ball. And these guards are all about like, you are trying to earn a contract right now. The summer league, if you're a star, you're just trying to impress. You're trying to impress the crowds, whoever you checked out up there. Yeah. But for most of these people, like you're trying to impress and, and earn playing time. Like this is, a several week interview possibility for you. Just like when you watch the combine games and that sort of thing. And like, I'm uh, Thompson and Asar Thompson. I don't know. Like that we got, we heard all the stuff about like how, how selfless they are and they, they want to win. Like, I, I believe all that. I'm not saying that they're selfish players. If you're that sort of player, if you're Cam Whitmore also on Houston, you're here to impress. You're here to be like, Hey, number 20, you're leaving me number 20 right now. I'll show you number 20. I'm healthy right now. And I'm just going to come and like run it down your throat and dunk on you. They're not passing off to the open three pointer in the corner. They're not hitting the roll man for the dunk. Like maybe a run a play every now and then, but mostly you want the guys with the ball in their hands. So Cam Whitmore caught my eye. old habits. Die hard. Jane Springer has been my guy for years. So he, he would be someone that I don't see him on MVP odds, but he'd be someone I'd at least take a look at. I don't yeah. know how much he'll play, but Frankly, he's still kind of fighting to to earn some attention there in Philadelphia and, and might have a chance to get some minutes soon, depending on how things work out with James Harden and everything. Um, who else am I looking for? Scoot, obviously, right? Like yeah, for, yeah, for sure. Scoot. Scoot is the obvious at the top of the list. Like, well, we'll get to him on MVP more. Yeah, so, he, so he's definitely a guy that should be good. One other one, too, that I'll just mention, we'll come back to her for MVP. But I think Jaden Hardy in Dallas, yeah. he's a guy that. He played G League Ignite Ball. He's not my style of player. He's just kind of a big gunner sort of guy. But the the not my style guy, like we know, you've heard me on this podcast before. I don't like the gunners. Like that's no the gunners that are going to put up like a minus one BPM in the season. Not my guys. Summer League, my guys. Those are the dudes. That's who you want in this. Like you want uh, who's the who's the Brooklyn guy that's now retired from Cam summer Thomas. league? Cam Thomas. You MVP. want Cam Thomas? Yeah. He was an MVP. He was summer league yeah, MVP. Exactly. You want the guy who's just going to be like the guy that I hate in the NBA that comes off the bench and puts up like nineteen two and one on thirty eight percent, and everyone's like, "Oh my god, six man of the year." That's who you want for summer yeah. league because because nobody cares about the percents, and you're just. Yeah. 
chucking the ball and trying to score. So the one other one, I don't think this team's going to be any good because it's not a basketball team. Charlotte <laughs> has a ton of those dudes. So bad. And so Brandon bad. Miller, I'm not calling Brandon Miller that dude. I think Brandon Miller is like a, a good quality player. But yeah. Nick Smith is a guy that was near the end of the first round. I did not like him at all. I had him out of the first round. He is exactly the thing I just described. He's a gunner. He's going to go get buckets. James Booknight was that a year ago. Yeah. Kobe Simmons on the roster is a guy that's been a really good in summer league before. Amari Bailey was a guy that I liked a lot as a possible first round pick this year. He didn't do much for UCLA, but he's got a chance. And then even like the big men, you got someone like Kai Jones. If you want a big man in summer league, you just want like freak athletes who are just going to try hard all the time. And exactly similar to like an all-star game in the NBA where you just like, you want the guy who's like, bro, it's summer league. It's like, stop making me run up and down the court and chase you everywhere. I just want to like, <laughs> yeah, I just want to like chill out here. And Kai Jones is like getting his fourth offensive rebound on the quarter. And so yeah, well, like, that was like, Kenny just like a try hard team. Yeah. Like Kenny Lofton had, uh, I think six rebounds in three minutes in his first <laughs> summer league. Like, cause you know, like those, some of these guys are like, they're like, some of them are hustlers and they're just like, I don't know how to play otherwise. But like, then you're right. Like, it's like, you have these guys it's like, dude, like chill out, man. But I think one of the other things that's interesting right now is right. We're right in that weird spot where there's a lot of, there's still some free agency going on and there's also still some trades going on. Right. So some players are like not eligible to play yet. So I think uh, this was an issue with Denver there. Like there's a guy or two, I think Tyson can't, I'm not sure if Tyson can play yeah, yet. I think that that's right. So like you have to look at these and say like, all right, well, or like even look at some of these teams and say like, well, there might be like a trade coming about and like teams might just be like, all right, like you balled out, like you're done, like you're under wraps right now because we might need you. So like I know with Miami, for example, um, like they had, what's his name? Just went crazy. Uh, Jimmy, Jaquette, I mean, Jaime Hawkes. I mean, Jaime Hawkes. Man, I was going to butcher that one. I got one. you. <laughs> so uh, Jaime Hawkes like just balled out, right? Yeah. And like, maybe he's somebody that they're like, all right, well, like we don't want your stock going down. So yeah. we're just going to leave. And this we don't want you to get is. hurt either. Like we, we yeah. don't want to risk anymore. We got you for one game. You're good. Now we just got to put you in bubble wrap in case you're going to Portland for, for exactly. Dang. Yeah. So there's a couple of things like that, like a couple moving pieces that I think you want to be, you know, cognizant of anyway, at least for this. But when you're looking at this, is there any other team that you think is interesting or is there actually a team that you want to bet on to yeah. win the summer league? Cause I know I have a couple and then maybe we can kind of see like if we have any that we agree on here. Yeah. So we talked about OKC quite a bit. Again, they're not a team I'm probably going to bet on just cause the odds are too short. So let me give you three teams, but really one. So just two <laughs> to mention Utah I think that Utah's guys uh, clear who's playing before you bet on Utah. So Okshak Baji looked real good really in their good. opening game like that. He looks like a 30 year old playing with a bunch of college guys, like just by NBA body. The shot is good. He's a guy that if we could find odds for him for MVP, if Utah's looking good, he'd catch my he's not a gunner. He's just going to score a lot of points like he could be the Quentin Grimes. I feel like this year, though, the key here is Taylor Hendricks and Bryce Sensabaugh. So Utah had three first-round picks this year. Keontae George played in the opening game. Hendricks and Sensabaugh didn't. Sensabaugh has a lot of injury history. I don't know why Hendricks didn't play. I didn't really catch that. But if those guys play, Sensabaugh is the exact sort of guy. I did not like him in the draft, but he is a great shooter. He's a scorer. I Part of why I don't like him is because athletically, I don't know he's going to measure up in the NBA, but the bar is a little lower at Summer League. And some of those guys that are like college all-stars can still dominate because yeah. this is kind of a college all-star level. So keep an eye out if those guys are playing Utah. Um, one other one, I think this is a, a failing bet because I think these guys that I like are not going to stick around. But Detroit, if Jaden yeah. Ivey plays, I don't think he will much. I think he like looks good for a game and then he's out. Uh, Jalen Duran, same thing. Like He's good. Like Those two guys, he's that's good. their future. I think we're getting like one game from them. After that, we're down to Asar. James Wiseman, bro, I think you got to play. I think you're playing some summer league, James, but there's not much after that. So if I thought Ivy and Duran were actually playing, if you catch a win that that's happening, Detroit moves to like favorite status probably, but I don't think it's happening. The team that I like the most, the team that I'd actually bet on here, I'm a little disappointed the number's not longer, but I think the Pacers are, yeah. are good, like kind of 
the team that we talked about where you got Benedict Matherin, I think we're getting maybe a game from him. Maybe no games. Sometimes they even nowadays put these guys on a roster and you're just like there to cheer on the team. It's like an ego thing. Like it's, yeah, like, yeah, it's like, like, hey man, you're in summer league. Like, right. Like Ben up. Matherin was like in six man contention this year. He, he's not going to play much summer league, but Andrew Nemhard, I think probably will play. Maybe like he's definitely in that rotation. He's important to them, but I, I feel like sometimes a guy like that, like he's just like a safe quality point guard. And to have someone like that to run your summer league team and get real reps for your other players, I think would be valuable. So Jairus Walker, we talked about, not a guy I want to bet on for MVP, but a guy who's going to be good right away. Like he's going to actually play defense because he doesn't know how not to. Like he's no, going to try right. all game. Isaiah Jackson, another one of those just like try hard guys. Kendall Brown, the dude I loved. Just athleticism and energy. That's what those guys are. And then you got Ben Shepard. And Darius McGee shooters on this team that can just like get hot and score a lot. You got Oscar Sheboy from Kentucky, won national player of the year, didn't get drafted and is trying to like earn a spot, not just from Indiana, but from anybody. And he's like a absolute beast rebounder. Like basically he's, he's kind of the stuff you like about Kenny Lofton jr. He's going to yeah. just like stand there and like vacuum up all of the available rebounds. There's a lot of dudes on this team that are going to play. They're deep. They're going to try hard. I think the Pacers, I like their chances as much as anyone. So I, yeah. I think we see them around 12 to one out of hope for something closer, like 20, but I feel like they're the team that I'd be most excited to bet on for futures. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you there. I like, I like the Pacers as well, but specifically Nemhard. I think that that's like a really good piece of their roster. We've seen him take on, you know, we know he can play big minutes. We know that when Halliburton was out or like McConnell was out, he did take on like a bigger role. And now he's going to get to play against guys that just realistically just aren't really as good. Right. So it's not like real NBA minutes. Like the defenses are a little bit scrambled. You're not like seeing the same types of, you're going to see probably a little bit more zone, maybe a little bit more just straight up man to man, a lot less like real game planning and saying like, Hey, like we're going to double him like it's summer league. They're not going to double you unless it's like the title game. So I like, I like that bet. Um, I was, I was looking a little bit at the rockets. I think the rockets suck. Right. But like, I don't <laughs> like the rockets are obviously not a good basketball team, but one of the things that I liked about the rockets is that I think that there are players that are actually generally playing for them like they're not going to really play so we're actually going to see some of these other guys so like i think we're going to see amen uh amen amen uh thompson um, amen, amen. That's how we're going yeah, that's that. how they've been saying it now so amen we'll probably see some cam whitmore jabari smith probably won't really play maybe yeah. he plays like a game or two uh but i think that means we're going to see tari eason who I actually like like i think tari eason's good and probably needs to actually play to make sure that he's getting real minutes this year because they have like a huge backup at the center position. So Tari Easton's a guy, he does like a little bit of everything. Well, I think that he's somebody that on a different team probably has a better role, but he's just behind like top guys, whether it's like Sangoon or Jabari Smith is Sangoon's good. Jabari Smith could be good, um, but he's an early pick. So like they want him to be good, better. And then, you know, you have, a variety of different players from them with, and I like the strong guard play that you're probably going to see from Amen as he's trying to really carve a role for himself because that Rockets guard rotation is going to be a disaster. I think this season, they just have so many guys. I'm, I think that that could be worth a shot at 20 to one. Um, and it might be a little bit better than playing Amen to be MVP hmm. at, 11 to one. Cause it probably means that he's playing well the whole way through for him to even be really in contention for that. So those were two teams that I was looking at and I was looking at the Grizzlies, but I don't really love the number at 15 to one because it's mm -hmm. mostly tied to Kenny Lofton and like what my thoughts are for him. So I'll touch on him a little bit more in when we talk about MVPs, but I think we both agree on the Pacers. So I can yeah. definitely lock that one in. I, I, I want to comment on Houston too, because I think that you and I agree, but interpret differently. So I, I agree. I think Tari Eason is a perfect summer league player. Like he tore yeah. it up last summer. He was so good. I was so mad because I was really in on Tari Eason early in the scouting. And then I kind of picked apart my own analysis and you do the thing where you're like, here's the stuff that he's really good at. And then the more you watch, you focus on all the stuff that you don't like. Yeah. And then we started watching him on the court and I was like, oh, he's just doing the stuff he's good at. And then you can let the other players do the stuff that you're not good at anymore. Like 
You don't have to be the star and do everything anymore on the NBA roster. I actually think Tarisen, I think my opinion of him is even higher than yours. I, I think Tari's clearly yeah. in the in the rotation. I don't think he's going to play that much. That's my concern. Yeah. And like, I think he would wreck in summer league, and I think he will. And, like, I honestly think Jabari Smith needs the reps more than him, and I Me think too. Tari's place is pretty secure. Like, I don't know what position he is or where he really fits into the roster, so, so you're right about that. But I don't think he's going to play a ton. I do like, though, I see on their roster Fletcher McGee and Miles Powell those two dudes are like the perfect gunner summer league types. They, they, Fletcher McGee uh, can shoot from like 10 feet behind the arc and just has no conscience yeah. whatsoever. And Miles Powell is basically the same thing as Seton Hall. Like both of those dudes it, can just like shoot for days. Amen and Cam can just drive at the basket and like get on transition all game. So even if I don't love the Tari Eason part of it, because I'm not sure he'll play like, there's shooters on this team, aka spacing, and like uh, Houston kind of feels like they know what they're doing here. They're they're getting these guys that drive, and then they're spacing it out with even their big men here too. So I, I like the way that that roster comes together. I that's a team like that team checks the boxes for me all the way across. Like I want to watch them, and I don't mind betting on them, even though I will be taking their under in real life NBA the moment that it comes out. <laughs> Yeah, I think they're, they're definitely interesting. Tari, to me, because like I like Tari. I know you like Tari. He kind of yeah. reminds me a little bit more. Like, this roster, in a way, reminds me of, like, a Nick, the Knicks roster last year where they had guys that were, like, good, should be in the rotation. Like, they had, like, quickly played a bit. Grimes played a lot. And, like, he's somebody that wound up starting for them. So, like, that's why I was, like, maybe this is a little similar where they're just so deep that, like, some of these guys, they just are, like, well, we got to figure out how good you are. Uh, so like just, we're just going to throw you out there and see what happens. But um, I think that that kind of leads us a little bit to our MVP type of angle. Is there, I think this should really be scoot versus the field, but like, what, what do you think? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm with you. I think scoot is a clear favorite here. We texted about this earlier. So where are we at scoot right now? Are we naming is, uh, books on this pod? 11 to one, 11 okay. to one. Yeah. We, it's yeah. on DraftKings right now. I okay. think that's the only book that has MVP. Yeah. So scoot 11 to one. Uh, I just did off the top of my head earlier T- to me, I would give scoot a 20% chance at least. So I would make scoot no longer than plus 400. The only, my co- only concern with scoot is you talked about it before the possibility of trade talks. Like, I, I think it's pretty clear at this point, Scoot's going nowhere because it seems equally clear that Dame is going somewhere. Yep. So I feel like you just go ahead and play a Scoot. Like, at this point, it's in Portland's interest to make Scoot look as superstar as possible because yep. he's the franchise now. He's the guy, like, Shane Sharp's on the roster. He's he's established. Like, he's not going to play a lot. I wouldn't be shocked if he doesn't play at all. But Scoot's going to play. He's going to be awesome. It's the perfect setting for him. All the stuff you said. athleticism get out in transition and get to his shot. Like, I guess another concern is in G league this year, we saw him look awesome, awesome early on. And then kind of just good later where he wasn't really engaged as much. It wouldn't stun me if we saw a little bit of that here of just like, like Scoots played professional for two years already. G league is professional ball. He's played yeah. against these level of dudes. And it wouldn't stun me to see like on the one hand, he's just going to be the best player on the court in, in pretty much every setting he's ready. Now he'll run the offense. He'll be great. On the other hand, that might not be good for us. Like he might be so clearly the best player on the court that either they kind of shut it down or that he kind of shuts it down. So I I think he's the right favorite. It's a fun team. You want to watch to Shane Sharp, whether he plays or not, but Chris Murray, Keegan's brother, he's going to be a pretty good player. He's like 22 or 23 already. So that's going to help. Keon Johnson is a really good summer league fit. And then you just got like fun guys to watch too. John Butler and Chris Kumaje both played for Florida state. And between the two of them, they're like 15 feet tall. So that's a lot of fun. And now there's a dude from New Zealand that I actually haven't seen really play at all yet. Ryan repair. That was nearly a first round pick. And so I think kind of getting to watch him fit in too. scoot is clearly the favorite to me. I would put him not scoot versus the field. That's a little, no, it'd be a little crazy, aggressive, but, but we'll still. go there on rookie of the year. We'll, we'll get, we'll get back to that one, but I, I like scoot well ahead of the field. Who do you like? That's not scoot. 
I I do like Amen Thompson at eleven to one, but I think I prefer, like I mentioned before, I'd rather bet the twenty to one. Um, I do or, or on the Rockets just because I think they would be tied so closely together. I like Kenny Lofton Jr. I know this goes against what I kind of said before about you know strong guard play. Thirty to one G League MVP. Like we know he's gonna try. Like he's going to be a hustler. He's probably gonna get the minutes. Like he spent the entire season in the G League last year like he's not i don't think memphis is totally convinced that he's like not only i think they might he's obviously i think he'll make the roster right like for the grizzlies but it's like i don't know where he falls in the rotation like i think he's gonna really need to try and show that he can do a little bit more because he did he did struggle a bit at the nba level so i think that that's gonna be interesting obviously he played well when he got massive minutes but that's not necessarily what his role is going to be so i think he's really going to be trying and at 30 to 1 uh i think it's i think it's worth i think it's worth a little bit of a sprinkle because i project that he'll play longer um just based on the fact that he spent the entire season really in the g league last year yeah i mean the dude dude's a tank and like he's you want a little bit like like it's an mvp race so like anywhere you want a little bit of narrative in and like Kenny Lofton is a really easy narrative sell. Like you, you can't yeah. miss him on the court. Let's let's just call it that way. Like <laughs> you're gonna see Kenny Lofton. He's gonna eat up some space in the paint, if you know what I mean. And he's gonna he's gonna be good. He's gonna get a lot of easy buckets and putbacks because that's the thing that he does. He's gonna physically overpower most of the dudes he's playing against. Cause you got so like these poor 18 and 19 year olds coming in to try to show off their stuff. And then you got tank Kenny Lofton just like eating in the paint. So Russian. I think yeah. if you're going to bet on a guy like that, he makes sense to me. He's a guy that, you know, like we've seen him in the past. We've seen him dominate Chet Holmgren head to head matchups on like in real games at a, at a national stage. So he's a guy that is going to get catch attention and he's a name that people know. For me, looking at summer league MVPs, like I'm just looking back at here, here's the recent list, just so you can hear who's won. Keegan Murray was the MVP last year. These are just the Vegas MVPs. Davion Mitchell the year before, Cam Thomas, Brandon Clark, Josh Hart, Lonzo Ball was a bit of an outlier, Tyus Jones, Kyle Anderson. So what we noticed when you and I talked about this last year, so out of those names I just read, every one of them was a first round draft pick, but Lonzo, number two, Keegan, number four, a little bit of outliers. Other than that, we've got a number 21, 24, 27, yep. 30, 30, and Davion Mitchell, number nine. So the last two have been top 10 picks now. So maybe we're starting to trend that direction more. But the guys and most of these two, Keegan was an even bigger outlier. He was a rookie. Most of these guys end up being sophomores or juniors, guys who are coming back that second time around. So usually when I'm looking for an MVP, I'm looking to like the non-lottery portion of last year's draft. Well, the non-lottery portion of last year's draft kind of stunk. It's not that great. Not good. <laughs> there's, there's not a lot of names in there. I mentioned Okshayek Baji. I believe he was the last lottery pick last year. So yeah, he kind of falls 14, into that right? range. Yeah. yeah. So the two guys that technically just missed this range because they are high second round picks last year, two guys that I like. I'll talk on the one and then now you like the other. So I'll let you make the case for him. But Jaden Hardy, I mentioned earlier, Yeah, he, he's, he's the right fit. He's a gunner. I don't know if Dallas is going to be good enough to, for like Hardy could just go and drop 25 or 30 a night. If the shot is falling, he looks good. And like, basically the roster Dallas has is out, like actually Dallas's roster just without Luca and Kyrie. I kind of feel like Jaden Hardy just gets to be the Luca position. Like, he just gets to do all the stuff and be like, okay, Omax Prosper, you're the three and D guy. Derek Lively, you're the rim runner. Like all the other pieces are there. He he might Hardy might get to just like do everything and put up assist numbers and, and hopefully get some more playmaking in. He's gonna score a lot of points. So I, I like him. He's a guy too that like they need him on that team. Dallas needs some pieces, and there's a real opportunity for Jaden Hardy to to look good. And like we've seen. Luca, as other superstars in the past, like turns some of these guys into NBA gold, gets them big money, you know, and you can hit the shot yeah. and fill the right role. So he was the 37th pick, I believe, in the draft last year, possible first round pick. But I like him. He is right now, I believe, 30 to one. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. 30 to one. He's my favorite bet on the board. When I gave you the odds that I would make, 
I think I put him like third or fourth favorite on my board. Like he just is a bullseye to me on this one. The 31st pick last year's draft, missing the first round by one, is our guy Andrew Nemhart. And I talked about Indiana a lot already. I know you like him too. So he's 80 to one. I'm gonna let you yep. make his case. Yeah, I mean, 80 to one. We know that he can play big minutes uh, in 24 games last year without Tyrese Halliburton averaged 14 and seven. So I think the facilitating is there. He's going to put up some gaudy numbers. Like we might see him put up some double doubles, maybe some 20 point games. Like he's not necessarily a big scorer, but he can score. And I think that that's important for summer league because if the shots, like he can facilitate for others, make other guys look good. That offense is churning, which we know Indiana likes to run. So I think that that's going to be something that they, that still translates to summer league. That's going to help him put up bigger stats. Right. So like, we're going to see him maybe with like, maybe he averages 18 points. Like if he averages 18 and 10 in summer league, you're gonna be like, Holy shit. Like these are like, this is some big numbers especially if Indiana is like also scoring a lot of points. So especially with summer league, you have to remember all these totals are like depressed, right? Like when you go to bet a game right now, you're looking at like totals like 171. We're not seeing like Indiana last year, they were like 230 every game. So, you know, Nemhard still has a little bit of that in him. He played last year. We know that he's coming in with a full off season. Like he's well rested. He's probably been chopping at the bit a little bit to get out there. I think that this is a good opportunity for him, especially if we think that Matherin doesn't really play. Like if Matherin plays one game, great. Like Indiana probably wins that game then too. If Matherin doesn't play, that means that you have even one less mouth to feed and he can really just facilitate without having to say like, all right, well, like I got to give Matherin the ball so he doesn't start pitching. So then it's like, you know, you can actually run the offense. So the number at 80 to one, I think is just mind numbing. Like, like he has worse odds than Drew Timmy. Like that, like that just shouldn't be possible. Like that's just, it's not. That's just, hey, hey, Drew, Drew Trimmy could put up some numbers. Like again, you know, if you dominate in college, you can dominate at this level. Milwaukee's on my list of teams to watch, <laughs> not to bet on Drew Timmy taco fall front court. I'm all definitely watch some Milwaukee games. I'm just said we, we had Jabari Parker on the roster. He got pulled <laughs> off the team, but we could have had a Jabari Parker through Timmy taco fall dream team out there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just like a lot of, a lot of big bodies over there. So no. <laughs> I, I just think it's the number to me, I think is yeah, a little surprising. Um, what do you think about this? Because I think at the top, at the top of the odds right now, it, it it's moved since we started recording yep, this pod, but for summer league MVP, the favorite is not Victor Wembanyama. The favorite is the field. There are, there've got to be like a hundred names on this list uh, of players. So like, you're really kind of getting into the weeds. What do you think about plus 850 for the field? Is that a good bet here? Or would you rather just try to throw some darts? But I know like some of the players we've talked about literally don't have listed odds. Yeah, I, one of my favorite bets that I ever made, I'm gonna try to remember what year this was. That actually was my buddy's bet, but we, he, he asked me coming into a world cup. So the soccer version of the world cup, men's world cup, maybe like 10 years ago or so. And asked me who should I bet on for, to lead, you know, to golden boot, I think whoever you lead the, lead the world cup in goals. Yeah. And normally like, I think the all-time records like 11 or 13 or something in one world cup, but you don't get a lot of goals. Most years, like six takes it. And so I remember looking and being like, okay, well, you know, you want to bet uh, nowadays, you'd want to bet on, on Messi and Neymar and like all the big names that you'd expect. And then like buried down the list was a field option at like 30 to one. Only in that case, there wasn't, like you said, that here for our list, we got like a hundred names. Like it's such a long list of names. There were like 15 names and then field. And I was like, bro, I, soccer yeah. is random. And there are a lot of goals out there. And uh, it, we ended up, so one of the favorites, I believe Neymar or someone had a hat trick in the first game who like someone clearly that was on the betting list. And my friend was about to kill me because he kept asking me who else should I bet? And I made him bet it like four times field, field, field every single time. <laughs> I was like, just put more on field. Stop betting. Don't bet the games. Just do field. Anyway, James Rodriguez from Colombia ended up winning the golden boot that year. Not on the list came through for us. I love the field option when you get a lot of guys. There are a lot of names on this list that we don't get yeah. to have anymore. Like there's, and I'm going to be totally honest. No, no slander here. Like uh, the field might change, right? Like they might just yeah. add a few names on here and now you don't, don't get those in the field anymore. Like this, 
this is a sort of like you're the lawyer, Joe. If you make the field bet, you better be making some screenshots. Like you need proof yeah. of exactly who you are getting and not getting in your field winner. Like I mentioned, Okshag Baji. I don't see him on here. I don't see him either. Yeah. So he falls in the field, but like maybe not. Like you never know who's going to get added on here. So I don't know. Field is interesting to me. We talked about this earlier, but field would be interesting to me not as the favorite. Like I don't know that I can make the favorite field at like 15 or 20 to one where, you know, what, what was it earlier when we saw maybe like, I think 11 to one. Um, yeah, which it was like it was like Wemby, like, Miller, Scoot, and Field were were all kind of co favorites ish. Yeah, uh, I, even like Chet Naman, but I don't know. It's it's a little short for me, and like like it's it's just not that fun, right? Like no, I'd it, rather I think I'd rather build a position of yeah. guys that I like. Like look, I think this goes without saying, but like when I'm betting summer league, when you're betting summer league, I'm not using regular season unit sizes no. for summer league. We're like fun. I'm, th- I'm throwing a couple darts here. Like, you know, uh, you know, like maybe like a quarter unit at the most, right? Like I'm really not going heavy on this. I think that you're, like you said, the field could change after one game. Akbaji, like if he plays well, they'll, they'll put him up here. He still might be like 30 to one because like, they're not, yeah. they're going to say like, like where do we, we can't start this guy at like five to one. So like, you know, I think you're still going to, and then you'll get a game where you say like, wow, he played great. Like you're going to get that opportunity to try to, to kind of add to a position there. So I think if you take some of the guys that we said, like if you took, like, I think that scoot is a good bet here. Um, Like I don't mind betting scoot, but like if you took scoot, uh, Kenny Lofton, um, you know, Hardy and Nemhard, right? Like you, you're building like a decent position with like, big numbers where if you really split like 0.1.1.1 on these you're getting pretty good odds on a combined bet or so to speak so i don't i don't hate that way to play this i i think that you're right though if you don't have screenshots of this and like timestamps of what exactly the field (laughs) is i think it gets really hairy and there's just there's so many games here or so many players here that it does really create a little bit of a problem because it's like somebody that we might get in the field they might, you know, there might be a different name there in like 30 minutes. And then you go right. all of a sudden, like that guy wins and like he was never listed. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think too, just to like of all the things we've talked about and, and look, if you are uh, whatever, 45 minutes into a summer league podcast, you're probably not making only one bet for summer league. <laughs> so welcome. But if you're going to only make one bet for summer league, if you just want to be like, I just want to get in my like 20 bucks on one thing and just ride into the sunset and see what we can do. And I, honestly, I think that's what I did last year. I was all in on the Quentin Grimes train yep. and our, our boy almost got there. We should have had it. So close. And Keegan stole it away at the end. I, I really felt like, like we got great CLV though, Joe, great CLV on our hey, Quentin Grimes. I bet. felt good about it. I felt good if about you're, it. If you're making a one bet for summer league, to me, it is a runaway winner, and it's Scoot Henderson MVP. Yep. Like, yep. I don't know what else even would come to mind for it. He, like, any position I'm building an MVP or whatever else, unless, like, like I guess you can wait a little bit unless you see the numbers start to move just to make sure. We don't know with the Dame and Portland stuff, whatever. You never know what could come up. But it really, there's not a lot of precedent for, at this point, trading a guy like that after they've already drafted him and had on the roster. And now, you know, Dame asking out and everything. So yeah, he, he's the bet to me. He's the guy for, for me. If you just ignore all the rest of the stuff I said, just bet scoot 11 to one. And I think you'll have fun. You'll get to watch the games. Like that point of a summer league bet is hopefully you win, but hopefully you just like find something to watch in the games and be interesting. Like yeah. scoot, I promise you this when Sunday comes and scoot plays Wembenyama, scoot is going to show up. I absolutely guarantee you He's going to show up. He's going to go hard. He's going to go right at Wembenyama. It might not go well for him, but he's going to show up. Like he is, he is a got that dog in him all star. He's going to try and he's going to, he's going to make you enjoy your bat at least for a while. And at summer league, hopefully you win, but at least enjoy your bat. You got to at least start there. Yeah. I th- I'm a hundred percent with you on scoot. When I saw these odds come out, that was the first thing that I bet. And to be honest with you, I think it's, I think it goes a variety of different ways. I think one of which is that Scoot might say like, cause I know a lot of the things going on with Dame talk right now is like, well, what can the Blazers get back? Like, what is the package they get back? Whatever. I think he wants to like literally make a statement and be like, 
fuck it. You don't need anybody else. Like, do not get a point guard. Like, I don't care what you get. Like, just give me help. Like, I will win. Like, it's like, that's the type of mentality that he kind of has. I think we're going to see that on display here. I think he's going to play. Like, I I really do think he's going to play a lot of summer league um, just based on that. And we've seen like the early picks do still play. Victor, maybe a little bit different. Uh, Brandon Miller might play, but like, I also just don't think his game is like as conducive just based on the position he plays. So I like Scoot. Um, That's, that's probably my favorite bet for the entire uh, entirety of the NBA summer league. Well, just to be contrarian a little bit, let me push you on Wemby here. A lot of our listeners just want to catch Wemby. Just want to see him play for the first time. Like this is the most hype prospect since LeBron, the best team prospect ever, blah, 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 all yeah. the things. Is there a chance that literally on hype alone, even if Wemby only plays like two and a half games, even if he ends up averaging like 13 points, eight rebounds, and then like five blocks or something, but like no huge numbers but just looks the part. Could a Wemby win MVP? Could he just be a total outlier that doesn't have all the numbers and the points per game and doesn't play the whole time? And everyone just like, don't care. It's just Wemby. He looks like the next everything. And we're just going to like, we want to be on the right side of the vote and we're just going to vote for the hype. Do we think that that's in play and a threat to our other bets at all? I think it's, I guess it's possible, right? I think it's, I just think it's tough. Like, I think that it's really hard for him to get there with the fact that they're playing head to head. So like, I think if you think that, then like you have to assume that the Spurs beat the Blazers in that first game. And then you also have to look at the fact that the San Antonio Spurs have also held Wemby out of their first part of summer league. They've said, we'll play you in Vegas. So we already know, like, they're not just trying to let him just play seven games. They were like, nope, nope, nope. Like, we're not doing that maybe he plays enough, but like, I think they have to be, you still have to be relatively good. Like your team still has to kind of win. Right. So like, if we look at, you know, 2017, 2018, you know, like the Lakers were in the championship there, you had Lonzo win. Then you had uh, in 2018, the Lakers were good again. Josh Hart wins. Then like 29, like these teams are 2019, the Grizzlies won. Brandon Clark was MVP or, you know, the the MVP, like it's generally going to be a team that's also good so i think that that's kind of where i'm like ah, mm-hmm. eh, like i i don't know like because i'm not super convinced that the spurs team is like great outside of uh you know outside of wemby yeah no i agree i, I think you're right i i fully agree with all the analysis you said part of it is being good part of it is that by being good you get more games like you literally yeah. get to play more games on the other teams which means more counting stats yay that's how this stuff works i this is already my fear about Scoot for rookie of the year, which I've already bet at six to one. Yeah. It's the same thing as like, could we just throw out the usual rules? You know, I'm all about like my historical pattern and rules and everything on these awards. Victor is so hyped that he could just be a rules don't matter. And we're just going to give it to him. Like the same way that the LeBron MVP ticket, the Tom Brady MVP ticket, we're just like, nope, doesn't matter. Don't have to have the best stats. None of the yeah. other things apply. We just want to do this for him. I think it's a threat, at least worth considering. If you're listening and you just want to believe in the Wemby hype and you just want in on it, you want that first winning Wemby ticket, I can't stop you. Like, I would have honestly thought his number would be shorter. I wouldn't yeah, I mean, have bet it. You, can, you could bet them both. You could bet Victor yeah, that's and, true. <laughs> and get like plus 500, basically. Yeah. Like, yeah. so, I mean, that's not even that, like, that's really not even that crazy. If you're like, well, one of them's going to win it, but yeah, I mean, at plus 500, you're still getting like 17% implied. Like you, you're still like, there's not, there's not a lot of great players. Like, even as we, we talked about on the field, there's this huge list of guys. The huge list is mostly just all the rookies that got drafted. And I could rule out like 80 to 90% of those guys from having any real chance of winning MVP. Like they're literally names they're They are on there so that you can waste your money on them. They're yeah. like, oh, that guy, my team just drafted. Let me just throw $5 on that. That's it. That's the only reason I have the listed there and not just part of the field so that you will lose money on it. That's it. 
<laughs> yeah. So I, I think Victor's going to be awesome. I think he's going to be fun. Um, I think it's still going to be a little bit of growing pains, just getting used to playing with like the, his teammates and like who, who it is. Cause it's like, we've talked about, like he can care, he can dribble the ball up a little bit, but like, that's not what you're typically seeing in summer league. So you're seeing a lot more guard play. So I think, I think we both are kind of on the same page with this. I'm excited to watch it. Um, and I think summer league, summer league is just really meant to be enjoyed. And I think that's one of the best parts about it. Um, but I wanted to, before we get to pods and recs, I know that there was one thing that I told you I'd give you five minutes to, uh, to discuss, hit us with it, Brian. <laughs> okay. So Joe, do you know who Anthony Parker is? Uh, I don't think so. Should so I? we got, we got a tweet about him. I think earlier today, as we're taping, Anthony Parker is the new Orlando magic general manager oh, He's the yeah. GM that just got promoted. He played in the NBA, played with LeBron for a year. He played also in Israel. I think he won like a bunch of Israel championships, bounced through the NBA. Anthony Parker is Candace Parker's brother. They both played okay. at Naperville, which is that I live like literally three minutes from Naperville right now. So I saw Candace Parker play high school ball when she was here. She's like a local hero. She came back to the Chicago sky last year, won the championship. And, you know, like that was a huge thing to come home. So my buddies and I have been having this kind of this, this conversation this morning, whose career would you rather have Anthony Parker or Candace Parker uh, between the siblings, Anthony Parker's like traveled the world. He's had a bunch of different NBA jobs, different teams. He's now a GM. There's only 30 of those jobs. Yeah. My question is not which one you'd rather have. You can have that, that conversation on your own where we got to, of course, is okay. Well, we know Anthony Parker made some money because he's an NBA player. So we know how that goes. Candace Parker, how much money Candace Parker signed with the Las Vegas aces this year yeah. who are storming through the WNBA. I'm Such not going to give out any WNBA bets, but I know you're killing it with those on the pod here. <laughs> how much money do you think Candace Parker signed? She signed a one-year deal. It's fully guaranteed. What's her salary this year? Was it maybe a million? Like, I don't even know. Not even a little bit. I was going to say, it's probably like 500 max. Not even close. Candace Parker's contract this year is an even $100,000. That's crazy. Her, she's Candace, probably more money from TNT. Yeah, absolutely. We talked about that exact thing. I guarantee you she's making more from her side TNT gig that she, than she is from, from playing. This That's year, crazy. earning her $100,000, this year will be Candace Parker's First time in her career from WNBA earnings only that she passes $1 million in earning. This for, like, you look on her Wikipedia, I could list off the things she's accomplished. I would have a better time listing off things she hasn't accomplished. She has done everything at every level, high school, college, professional. She's won every championship, won every MVP. She won a dunk contest over Josh Smith and J.R. Smith at the McDonald's dunk contest. Like, she has, she's as good as nearly anyone in the sports history and is making a hundred thousand dollars this year. She's not the highest athlete in WNBA. I no. hope you didn't just look this up right now. I'm, Did you look I'm, it up? I'm literally looking at this right now. Uh, ah, that was my next question. The okay, number, so this num these numbers are crazy. It's, like, it's mind boggling. So the max contract, I don't know if this is like the NBA max. I don't know contracts as well for WNBA, but three players right now, have the most money you can make in the WNBA or the, they're, they're tied for the most. There's a I'm bunch assuming like that, right there. Yeah. There's right. like five or no, there's six at like the same number roughly. Right. So it's the, it's the goat Diana Taurasi, Jewel Lloyd and Arika Ogubawale at $235,000. That's yeah. the max $235,000, which is, I believe how much Max Struess makes every time he sneezes. Now, I think that's, <laughs> if I did the math right on it, like Max Struess, our man might make more than like literally the entire WNBA salaries. So I, I think the craziest thing is that Diana Taurasi and Skylar Diggins Smith, like they make 230, they both basically make 235. And Griner, I think, is around like 160 something. And they're terrible. Like that team sucks. Like that team's not good. <laughs> like so, and they're like on the same team. But I guess that's how it works sometimes. But like the salaries are just like. Yeah, I, I just, I, I honestly, and this is my fault. I'll just own it. I had no idea. I knew that there was a gap. We all know that there was a gap here. I did not know there was this gap. Like we got NBA players out here signing like $60 million deals. And I know, I understand how economics works. I understand oh, yeah. about the TV money. And I understand that there's going to be a gap there. 
$60 million contract versus a $100,000 contract is not a gap. Like that is universes and galaxies away. Honestly, it is embarrassing. Like that, those, these are embarrassingly low numbers of salaries for, for legitimate superstars in a league that is real. That's 25 years in. I truly like, I'm embarrassed. I didn't know that it was this low before to like stump on it. But I, we just found this this morning we're talking about it. And I was like, oh my gosh, I have to talk to Joe because WNBA, like we, we, we got people out here like betting and making more money and betting on the WNBA than the players themselves are making playing the WNBA at this point. Like it's, it's ridiculous how low these numbers are. And I think like do, do better, do better. Everyone involved, pay these women. They, they deserve their money. It's definitely a little crazy to like, look at it and you go like, this is a real professional sports league and there's not a single player that has a contract in the million dollar range, like on on total value right now. Um, Yeah. I, I mean, look, but Joe, it, you're a lawyer. You you like work with people at your company that make more money than every player in the WNBA. Like, multi, you, you work with a bunch of people like well, that. Well, not you're, me specifically, since yeah. I'm government. But like, <laughs> fair, fair. But, yeah, well, you're 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 as we call it the law job. You're like on trajectory to become the highest paid WNBA player. Like, as when you get to that stage of your law career, perhaps like that's what are we doing? Like, this is a product that we're watching on ESPN and, you know, every other ion and Amazon prime, whatever cloud they can find a channel for, for these games. It it checks out that like, I also can't dunk. So, you know, (laughs) (laughs) Hey man, Candace Parker can throw down too. I've seen Candace Parker dunk. So there's that thin list, but um, no, I mean, I definitely think it's interesting, especially with all the economic numbers that go into it right like because i i think at the end of the day like it's all like dollars and cents but i think it it's definitely surprising especially and i mean maybe we'll see this increase more like i know the nba is getting a new media deal i'd imagine the w i'm not sure how it like is negotiated but i'd imagine like it the WNBA is probably follows to a certain degree because i know they get some revenue sharing from the nba so maybe these numbers increase and i mean i, I do think so. the visibility is definitely the visibility is definitely increased on WNBA. And I think the available it's, it's, you know, it's, it's tough, but like, I think the availability of betting on it has expanded the game in a way too, where it's like, all right, well, like I have a, I have more than like a basketball interest in this. You're like, I can use like a little bit of the basketball interest and like make some money on it. Like what is a relatively soft market because people don't really see the injuries in the same way or they don't know they don't they don't know who the players are but like there is definitely an edge that you can make on these games which i think is you know i think is fascinating but it, it is kind of crazy that people probably make more money betting on them than you know the players actually make yeah i mean i i literally when you asked me to come on the pod today on my summer vacation day what am i doing i'm working on my tim duncan all-stars list from the year which is i was make a roster of my, my 10 guys who made 5 million or less. Like remember Timmy would just take his 5 million salary year after year toward the end of his career. So in the NBA, so I've been looking at a lot of like low salary guys today in the NBA, I believe the minimum salary this last year is about $1.8 million. So you got guys like that's your like Josh Kogi. That's what Max Struess and Gabe Vincent were until they just made a hundred million dollars last week with their contracts. Like, <laughs> This is, you know, Dennis Smith Jr. trying to find his way again. Isaiah Joe, a guy that I like a lot. These 1.8 million. Each one of those guys, 1.8 million. You could have one guy like that on the end of your bench to be your like 10th to 12th man. Or you could build a super team of like the best seven <laughs> players in WNBA. Seven, seven players that you could have any person you want at their salary. Or you can have one 12th man in the NBA. I think it's ridiculous. It's, it's, it's quite the disparity there. (laughs) So with, but with that, Brandon, do you have a recommendation for the group besides kayaking for seven hours? (laughs) I I recommend that you put the kayak away, stay home. I had Peacock and I had my Peacock subscription was expiring. So I went through a blitz and watched as much Peacock shows as I could. I enjoyed Bel Air. I enjoyed Poker Face. The show I'm going to recommend is called Mrs. Davis. Have you heard of Mrs. Davis? No. I really hadn't either. I remember people talking about it. I didn't really know how to, to, to like try to sell this show. I recommend like if you enjoy weird thinky sort of shows and that are a little bit some oh, sci-fi, like the, basically there, the main character is a nun who finds out in the opening, opening episode. I think, I think it's eight one hour episodes finds out that basically artificial intelligence is kind of slowly taking over the world or that, 
she sees more and more people. Like, remember the movie Her, where the, the what's his name? Yes. Lucky yeah, Phoenix is computer. like talking to his yeah. AI the entire time. So you see that happening. And the, again, if you don't want to hear this, a slight spoiler, but it's all in the first episode. She finds out by the end of the first episode that she can communicate directly to the AI thing. It, him, her, whatever. She struggles with what to do with that. And that she wants to get rid of the AI from the world. But in order to do that, the AI has made a deal with her. She has to find the Holy Grail and destroy it. And that will, uh, will allow the AI to be destroyed forever. It is That is the 100th most weird thing about the show. It only gets weirder and more fascinating from there. She, at some point, again, slight spoiler if you don't want to hear it, but she is uh, she decides to get married to a man named Jay, who is completely in her head. Jay, she's a nun. So, Joe, she has a nun. Uh, she's a nun who has a relationship with Jesus Christ, who is Jay. Jay is for Jesus. Oh. When she when she <laughs> prays, she like closes her eyes. And this is part of the show. She closes her eyes and she's like at a Middle Eastern restaurant in Lebanon with this like good looking dude named Jay who cooks her falafel. And that's her husband. And that's part of the show as well. And there's like all mythology to it. And it's super, super weird and confusing. And the more I watched, the more into it I was. Damon Lindelof is one of the writers. He's the lost guy and the leftovers. If you enjoy, like, that's the sort of show we're looking at here. It's so weird. It's done. It was a one season and out show. Eight hours. You should watch it. Hey, that's not, I love those one season and out shows. Cause I feel like I get to just like dig in, just enjoy it. And like, you know, just kind of rip through it. And I know it's going to be over. Like I, it feels like a cohesive story that they're not like dragging out. Yeah. Um, my recommendation is is slightly tied to that because uh, you kind of spurred my thought about canceling subscriptions is literally like go look at your subscriptions and cancel some of them <laughs> because I realized that I had a Paramount Plus account for the past like five months that I've been apparently paying $5 a month for. Didn't know that I had it. And like I, I was like happened to be looking at my statement. And I was like, what the hell is this? And then I realized Paramount Plus, there is not a single show that I watch on Paramount Plus. I don't know why I have it. Like, I don't know what happened well, there. Joe, I know why you have Paramount Plus. It's, probably it's where you watch Survivor. Survivor, oh. all the seasons of Survivor on Paramount Plus. <laughs> you keep your subscription and watch all 44 <laughs> seasons all over again of Survivor. That's why you have Paramount Plus. That, so that maybe that maybe that was why. Um, you probably, like, missed an episode one week and then, like, had to sign up for a trial to, like, get, get the free, free episode and then just stuck with it after that or something. That's probably what I did. So cancel some subscriptions uh, if you didn't already and then my other one is um i've been grilling things on like an open flame Ooh. and it's amazing like you get <laughs> you like it's just there the char that you get on it is so much better um stuff cooks dramatically different but like a hot dog over like wood and like just an open flame it's just just so much better like i could out eat joey chestnut if mine were fire grilled hot dogs <laughs> as opposed to boiled hot dogs so you know Watch your shows, get your glizzy set up and make sure that those cancel those subscriptions are not on auto renew. Save that money, put it towards Scoot Summer League MVP and let's cash that. <laughs>